0: For our second message today, we have a sermon from Mr. Steve Andrews entitled Idolatry and the Demise of Na- Nations. See. Thank you, Rich. And uh, greetings to all that are here and mm-hmm. greetings to anyone that has tuned in today to our service. I um, I felt like that I kind of ended my po- my two messages on uh, are we there yet a little prematurely because i wanted to i wanted to have a postscript to it so i'm going to give that to you today that postscript comes from romans the 13th chapter and it it says and that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, and not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So I I felt like that we are still not there yet, but that is what we will be doing until we are there, and that's important to understand. My message today, I was trying to come up with a, a title, and it took me a while, and I got to thinking, and this bold title, Idolatry and the Demise of Nations, came to me, and I got to think, well, how, how does that work out? How can idolatry uh, do that? And I have a... Let's, let's start with the basics. What is idolatry? And I think everyone here knows, and most everyone that probably tunes in will know, if you turn to Exodus, the 20th chapter, God very succinctly and very clearly ...tells us what idolatry is. Beginning in verse 1, God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. So he sets the stage uh, by saying, there shall not be any other gods. You shall not make to you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, and a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, to the third and fourth generations, to them that hate me, and showing mercy to thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And I think, truly, this also should be included in that in the idea of idolatry because when we take God's name in vain we are um, and doing the, the various things that would you know, put God down because that's exactly what we're doing and I usually just you know just throw it out just start spitting it out and it, it becomes um, a habit in our life you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. So all of those things go together to uh, help us to understand what idolatry is. And that is putting something before God and worshiping something that is not God. Now, when it comes to this, to this title, Idolatry and the Demise of Nations, where do we find that? How do we, how do we know that idolatry is going to eventually create a situation in when nations are going to be destroyed? They're going to come to a point in society, and they come to a point in time when all nations are going to come together and there's going to be a great battle. And it's going to, because, it's going to come about because of the worship of Satan the devil and his armies and the beast's power. Let's look at that in Revelation, the 13th chapter. Let's, let's take a look at that real quickly in Revelation, the 13th chapter. And this pretty much proves that the idolatry that we're talking about will eventually create the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. It will be a powerful event men will begin to worship the beast so let's begin in verse one and I stood upon the sand of the sea and I read this once before in the the, uh, previous message but we're going to focus on the idolatry part of this rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy and so we see how that has added that part about not taking the name of the Lord God in vain. So this one has name of blasphemy. And and what what do you think the blasphemy is going to be against? It's got to be against God, doesn't it? And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, and we know who the dragon is, we know that is Satan, gave him his power and his seat and his great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon. Okay, here we are idolatry. They worshiped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like to the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given to him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given to him to continue forty and two months. So we have this blasphemous power that is being worshipped. And the party that's behind it is Satan. And he is being worshipped. And so consequently, all of the world then is going to be in a state of idolatry. And there is only going to be a few people out there that are going to be standing up. And that's you and I or those that are left at the time. And it, and it says, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given to him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And so we see how that that comes about, and how that all nations now will, will be in a situation just before Christ returns, and this uh, this will be the culmination uh, 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 at the at the culmination of um, before Christ returns and the uh, uh, battle of Armageddon and all the different things that will happen, which we won't go into today, because I wanted to focus on some things that I've been thinking about. <laughs> well, not so much thinking about, but been um, thrown in my face as I watch the news or look at the news or read the news. I, I some new words. Uh, woke, come on, woke. <laughs> Who come up with that one? Of course, I come from an age in which some really strange words were come out, you know, cool and this and different things. But anyway, woke. Uh, another one that's kind of been interesting. Um, cancel culture. Cancel culture. Wow, we have now cancel culture. <laughs> um, you know, that that goes back to history. I have something to say about that here in a minute or two. Uh, about cancel culture, because I, I think we this is not something new at all um, i don't wanna, i don't want to stick my neck out too far on this one uh, because everybody that does usually gets in trouble but uh, the, the BL, BLm thing, please everybody find out who it is that started this, but what I want to say is the Bible says that God created all flesh, all flesh. Both male and female created he them. And no matter what color our flesh is, whether it's white, black, brown, green, well, I don't know about green, but anyway, (laughs) whatever color it is, they they all bleed the same. They all have the same blood. We all have the same blood, brethren, it does. It's it's all the same. We all get the same, sometimes we all get the same kind of diseases. We all are, are susceptible to the flus and coronavirus and all of those things are are part of our life and we're all the same because we're all made by God. We're all created in his image. And so consequently, when we start doing this, we are separating ourselves. We are separating um, and we're, we're making it so that people don't understand uh, that, that God is a creator. Um, the, the basement of our language. <laughs> I won't go into that. You, you can't even listen to anybody out there anymore without the, the constant bleeping. Uh, it, it goes on like beep, beep, beep. He says one word, beep. Another word, beep. Another word, beep. Another, I think you've heard it before, especially when they're yelling at each other. And it's a lot of beep. And so, uh, and then one other thing that kind of is bothering me and. And that's the reason why I'm just kind of throwing these things out before I get deeply into what I, I want to bring out I, When, when uh, 9/11 happened, what happened? Um, we went from being able to go to airports and watch the airplanes take off <laughs> uh, to having uh, to you know take your shoes off and your belts off and all of the change and everything and, and, and uh, TSA just um, they want to check everything. Uh, my wife. First time she went through, she didn't want to go back again. <laughs> they signal, so they signaled her. Out. <laughs> this little housewife, oh, she's a dangerous one, I'll tell you. <laughs> she's really dangerous. So they singled her out and brought her over and, and they gave her the the the, the once over. Um, anyway, so what's next? Uh, you know, with that, what 9/11, TSA, and all of that, we 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 bred uh, the Homeland Security and, and the Patriot Act. So now we have, we have something new on the horizon, and, and boy, it has, it has shut the whole world down. So what is next? What is going to happen? Where are we going with this COVID-19 and different things that are happening? So those are just some, some, some threats and some thoughts and some things that have, that have been going through my mind um, that might very well be uh, a part of, of the idolatrous Um, base that's going to be happening in the world setting it all up I've got some really interesting scriptures here in the Old Testament about idolatry Uh, Psalms 115 is is very interesting and and it's quite profound so let's, let's, let's go to Psalm 115 and let's read it because within this psalm is The power of God and also the understanding of idols and silver and how God um, looks at those things. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for your mercy and your truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in heaven. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, and the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. They have eyes, uh, uh, they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like to them. So is everyone that trusts in them. You you get the thread, don't you? Um, You can't have faith in something that someone else poured into a a mold and set it up there and says, This is your God. (laughs) So anyway... um, O Israel, trust you in the Lord. Uh, and I say, O brethren, trust you in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O House of Aaron, Trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us, he will bless us. He will bless the House of Israel, he will bless the House of Aaron, he will bless them that fear of the Lord, both small and great and you understand that don't you he will bless us both small and great that's that's us he will bless us because we fear him we respect him we love him he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul we read that today love the Lord with everything you have the Lord shall increase you more and more and you and your children you are blessed to the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down to into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, that's a beautiful psalm. And it shows the power that we need to have in our life as we as we dedicate our life to the Lord. And... Stay away from idols. Isaiah also has a very interesting little part here. Isaiah the... Let me find Isaiah again. There it is. Isaiah the 40th chapter. And a few verses in Isaiah the 40th chapter, beginning in verse 13. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, has taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him? And taught him in the path of judgment, taught him knowledge, showed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of the bucket, and are counted as a small dust of balance. Behold, he takes up the isles as is the very little thing. Uh, We worship a very powerful God, very powerful. And Lebanon is is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for the burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing, and vanity. To whom then will you like a god? Or what likeness will you compare him to? The workman melts a graven image. The goldsmith spreads it over with the gold and casts silver chains. Uh, And he that is so impoverished that he has no uh, oblation chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks to him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall be not, not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understand from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sits upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent that dwell in them. So, we understand <laughs> mankind is, is wants something to worship, but they don't understand that God is the Creator. God has created all things, and there is so much information out there today uh, that, that we can glean about His creation, and so and see how how powerful He is from the DNA all the way up to the the <laughs> the universe and the uh, those ten. Um, ten, 10 galaxies that I want? Yeah, ten, do, do I get to claim 10 galaxies? Wow, that's a lot of galaxies uh, to be, be over. 10 galaxies. Yeah, that's quite a few. Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, Jeremiah 10. You see what God holds out for those who are faithful to Him? He holds out all eternity in His kingdom. We will be His sons and daughters. we will be brothers and sisters to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ right now is the most wonderful person sitting at the right hand of the Father. As our advocate, as our high priest, 24-7, just always there, always ready for us to come to Him. In Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, hear you the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord: lean not, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cuts a tree out of the forest, and the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They they deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it may not that it move not. They are upright. As the palm tree, but speak not. Uh, they must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also it, uh, is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like to you, O Lord, you are great, and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O King of nations? For to you does it uh, imper- appertain. For as much as among all the wise men of the nations and all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. S- silver spread into plates is brought from Tarsus, and gold from Euphaz. U- uh, the work of the workmen in the hands of the, f- the, of the founder, blue and purple, is their clothing. They are all work of cunning men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King, and his, and his wrath, uh, at His wrath the earth shall tremble, and the nations uh, shall not be able to abide His indignation. Thus shall you say to them, The gods that have not made uh, the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. He has made the earth by His power. He has established the world by His wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. And so you can read on uh, the various words there. Actually, I'll just go ahead and take it on to verse 16. That's where I had to... uh, uh, When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightnings with rain and brings forth the wind out of his treasures. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They are vanity, and the work of errors in the time of their visitation they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Israel is the rod in his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Lord of hosts is his name. And when we read these words and we see the power of God in the the book, and we worship God. We, we understand that. But the world is, is totally and completely um, oblivious to this. And that's the reason why we see some of this stuff coming on. We see the idolatrous things that are happening in society today. But it's interesting, um, this, this idea of cancel, um, uh, cancel culture, of uh, tearing down statues of tearing down uh, and defacing various things. Uh, Anyone that has ever been to um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, or any of the areas where the Civil War was fought, and they have um, various places out there where you can go, and it is almost too awe-inspiring to stand on a battlefield, a, a Civil War battlefield, and we did. We, we were able to stand on the Civil War battlefield. And, and uh, I can't remember how many cannons. There was just a couple um, on either side. But just, just imagine, you've got the, um, the northern troops on one side and the southern troops on the other. And they're blasting these cannons at each other, these big, huge metal balls at each other. And if, you know, if it instantly kills if it hits somebody, but if it rolls, it knocks legs off. And it, it, it's, it, you know, the, the injuries from those cannonballs and from those lead shots that they use in those, those rifles were terrible. And here we had a civil war, brother sometimes against brother, father against children, because they decided that they wanted to take a particular side. And they fought this civil war. And we want to destroy all of that evidence that we want to go back to that. We want to go back to another civil war? Come on, brethren. We need to learn from our mistakes. We don't need to go and have another civil war. It is not something we want. That is a horrible thing to think about. Thousands upon thousands of those men died. And here we're setting a precedent in this United States for doing the same thing. All of this is going on. All of this cancel culture. All of this is working towards uh, setting up sides. Eventually, people are going to be angry. Well, you know, just recently somebody shot somebody because they didn't have a mask on. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought we were in a free nation and a free society. And it seems like it's getting very, very difficult out there. And so even to the point where people are taking over cities, taking over various parts of it, it is leading up to some very difficult times. Um, I have a book. I'm not going to be able to, to, to read a whole lot out of it. Uh, but I want to read some of it, though, because I think it's very important to understand that counts. Can, can, if I can get the word right, cancel culture is not something new. <laughs> In fact, it's pretty old. And the, the one that, that really set this cancel culture, cancel culture up was a, was a man by the name of Jeroboam. Um, I'm going to read out of a book, a few pages. Uh, I, don't, I don't have much time, and I'll just read a little bit of it, a little bit of the introduction. I found this book. I can't even remember which one of the uh, uh, bookstores or places that I, I hunt, but it's the it's um, an interpretation of the English Bible, and it's called the Divided Kingdom and the Restoration Period, and it's by B. H. Carroll, and he was a he's a late president of the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, and he published this book when I was born in nineteen forty-eight, so you can see how old it is, but. In, in a in a way, he lays out this beginning of these two split kingdoms, um, in which God became very angry with Solomon. I think you understand that Solomon became an. Um, how's the word I want to use? He. Um, was a party to idolatry. I guess that's a good way to put it. He he was a direct party to idolatry. He had many wives and so consequently the many wives were also of many different cultures and many different religions. And so when he decided that he was going to um, satisfy his wives, what he did was he started setting up uh, various um, I- I- ideological places for them to worship. And, of course, God is a jealous God. God is a jealous God, brethren. That's why we don't have any pictures of anything in here of Jesus, or uh, no crosses, no nothing. God says those are not to be used. We're not to put them in place. We don't, we don't worship crosses. We don't worship pictures. We don't worship, you know, uh, the various older saints or anything. We worship God, the creator of heaven and earth, of all the universe, the creator that has a future for all of mankind. So this this book is um, The Beginnings of the Two Kingdoms. And this is chapter three in the book. I'm going to read a few verses, a few, three pages, maybe a a page or two here. I can't read all of it because I don't have time to do that. But I think I can get, uh, I think I can get the basis of what he brings out here um, as, as we see uh, Rehoboam, who has the, the southern kingdoms, the two kingdoms, and Jeroboam, who gets the ten kingdoms in the, in the north. The theme of the section is the beginning of the two rival kingdoms or the measures adopted by the rival kings to establish their respective kingdoms. This is a period of 24 years and covers the reigns of Jeroboam and his son Nebat, kings of Israel, and Rehoboam and his son Abijah, kings of Judah. The initial measure adopted by Jeroboam to establish his kingdom was as follows. First, he built a city. At Shechem, where the great popular assembly was held, and which was, and has uh, been since Jacob's time, a holy place. That he made his capital. Second, as a large part of his territory, including two and a half tribes, was across the Jordan, he built another city and fortified it at Penuel. So, as to command the fords of of the Jordan, and this second his kingdom on both sides of the river, Third, he established his residence in Tirzah, uh, first mentioned in the book of Joshua. And in Solomon's song, we have the expression, as beautiful as Tirzah." It was also the hill country of Ephraim, and it was a beautiful mountain place. The initial measure of Rehoboam was to fortify and supply with provisions, garrisons, and munitions of war 15 cities on the southern and western frontiers for a defense mainly against Egypt. A a new dynasty had come into the front of Egypt. Shishak was a very formidable and and vigorous opponent. Not to be compared with the weak and uh, dynasty, did I lose it? Maybe? Um, Yeah, it seems like I did. Dynasty with with Solomon was an alliance uh, by marriage. Oh, that's the reason why. Aha, I'm back on. <laughs> it must have just went out on its own there. Yeah, maybe I was getting too too noisy there. I don't know. <laughs> Shishak was a, really a great man. Egypt was the power that Rehoboam and Judah feared. Other measures of Jeroboam were political uh, expedients in order to keep the ten tribes from going to Jerusalem to the great feast. Now this is this is important. This is this is how he set up idolatry to counter. God's truth. And if you, want to, if you want to research all the way down through history, you're going to find out this has stayed in place since this time. It's gone a little bit changed over the years, but frankly, you can find certain things that have been changed, pushed, you know, the, especially Sunday, the Sabbath, and um, they don't have the same feast day thing like this, but we, we see those changes. We see that thing Changing. You know, it went out again. My battery getting weak, Rick? I turned it back on. Anyway, I don't think I'm doing anything to make it go off, except for maybe speaking. (laughs) Anyway, he saw that there had been great power of Jerusalem and its temple and the worship as a unifying force. And he said to himself, you're gonna take it and battery it up, aren't you? Yeah. Ouch! Oh. All right, I'm back on. Thank you. Well, I'll have to kind of pull this up. But I just wanted to read this one page. And then I'll, I've got a couple of scriptures more to add to this. Um, First, he established cash worship. Calf worship. Uh, let me go back and read this again. Just He, he saw that if he, if he didn't change things, people were going to migrate back down to the south. They were going to go back down to Judah. So he decided, uh, and, and this made God extremely angry. with. Uh, throughout all of the scriptures, when you see, and you talk about the kings of Israel, they say each one of them followed after Jeroboam, and uh, they went to their death following Jeroboam. Jeroboam was the, the start of this cancel culture, of canceling out God's truth for a falsehood, for an idolatry. So, um, now, how am I to stop the animal pilgr- uh, pilgrimage of my uh, people to Jerusalem? These were the expedients that he devised. First, he established calf worship. He had two golden uh, molten calves put up, Visa, one at Dan in the extreme upper part of the, his territory, and one at Bethel, the place where Jacob was co- uh, converted in a holy place. It will be remembered that when the tribe of Dan left the territory allotted to them, they migrated to the very northern part of the country, captured the, the places there, and worshipped the images they had taken uh, there from Micah. There had been... the uh, There had been, then, ever since the times of the judges, a place of worship at Dan. But it was image worship. Second, he established a new order of priesthood. He refused to permit the Levites and their um, priests left in the cities in his territory to minister for him. He was afraid of them. And so he created a new order of priesthood by taking any man from any tribe that pleased him and making him a priest. Third, he made a new feast to take the place of the Feast of Tabernacles. That feast the Jews generally attended uh, and millions would go every year and they would dwell in tents. Now he determined to have a feast to take the place of the Feast of Tabernacles. And as the season of the year was later in the northern part of the country, he made his feast just one month later than that of Tabernacles. As the record tells us, he ordained a feast Devised in his own heart, the Feast of Tabernacles was the 15th day of the 7th month, and he put a feast on the 15th day of the 8th month, just a month later. And so, I have a few more pages on that, but I don't have time to, to quite finish it. So, uh, I, I think you see uh, that cancel, cancel culture started a long time ago, and it's come down through the ages. And you're going to blame a lot of it on Jeremiah, and blamed a lot of it on Jeremiah, as, as God did, and wiped out his family, completely wiped it out. He, he, would, he would not put up with Jeroboam. Um, he had promised Jeroboam all kinds of wonderful things, and Jeroboam refused to, to have anything to do with him. In 1 Corinthians, I'm going to skip the one in Acts, uh, I think... Curtis had already read that one or someone did so let's, let's jump over to the 1st Corinthians for a couple of scriptures as I finish up here 1st Corinthians the 6th uh, the ni- the chapter a- and let's 9 through 11 know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God be not deceived Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, uh, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. It says that we come to God and we repent. We change. We overcome those things. And we, we try to come to an understanding of what all of these various sins are so that we don't repeat them. We don't want to be fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. We want to shun all of that because we want to be in the kingdom. And it says we are, uh, that uh, some of you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. We've come out of that. We've come away from that because some were a part of that. Now let's go for the final scripture. Let's go to Revelation, the 21st chapter. In Revelation 21 um, in those final times again it is repeated and this is, this is very important to understand it is repeated in verse 8 I'm, I'm reading verse 8 first and I want to go back to verse 7 verse 8 but the fearful the unbelieving and abominable murderers and, whor- and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters all liars have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we see, um, still there, idolaters, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, abominable things that have been cre- done. They're going to end up in the lake of fire if they do not repent. In verse 7, is, is the hope that all of us have. As I finish this message, the hope that all of us have. He that overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. What a tremendous blessing it is if we shun all this other and and worship God and love God with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our being and look forward to being in His wonderful and joyous kingdom, brethren.